Today's show is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com right now and you'll get 50% off just about any item. All you have to do is enter the code word GLORY, G-L-O-R-Y, at checkout. Hey guys, back in November, December, uh, when I was wearing all black because of the election results, I was wondering what to do, and you guys said, do whatever you can. If you can go to the Women's March, go. And I had just gotten a Facebook uh, request saying, hey, we're going to try to fill a second bus from the west side of Cleveland. You know, if enough people sign up, we can fill it. And I said, what what the heck are they marching about? They don't even have an agenda, whatever. And you guys said, yeah, go if you can. I thought, shit, I'll pay the $75. And I was number one on the second bus from the west side of Cleveland. Well, we filled that second bus. We filled three buses. We filled five buses from Cleveland. We went to Washington, D.C., and I marched with all those nasty women. There were so many people there. They had to reverse the direction of the march because it was too crowded and there was so much crap left over from the inauguration. I marched. I'm glad I did. I'm going to do marching again Friday. I would have met at the airport or sent to my grandbaby. She was marching in Cleveland with both her mom and her dad and my daughter. So everybody that's always marching, we're all going. Thanks for the push. Bye. Glory home, motherfuckers. Hey, Tom and Cecil. So in these dark times, I thought I'd treat myself to something special. So I just ordered myself a brand new giant dildo with the discount you guys gave me. I'm super excited and I will try desperately not to think about you guys when I use it. But if I do, I can just think we're going to need a bigger glory hole. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 342 And it's kind of nice that this one ends in a two because this is the second time we've tried to do this. This is the episode where we actually have Dan Errol on our show. Dan, welcome. Did you guys make sure you're recording this time? Oh, Oh, that hurts my heart space. (laughs) Man. We did record last time. It just didn't like you. (laughs) (laughs) You know know that thing where somebody's like, oh, man, and then the audio didn't get recorded. That means we did a terrible job. (laughs) Dave Rubin must have got to you. (laughs) Yeah, he used all of his influence on me. So, Dan, thanks so much for joining us for the second time. We really appreciate the 30 minutes you spent getting uh, set up to be on our show this, this, this evening. Look, I bill by the hour, so I'm fine. 
<laughs> so we only have 30 minutes left. All right, well, good. Okay, sure. yeah. I, I can finish twice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How do you know? You're already done. <laughs> You're smoking a cigarette right now. All right, so Dan, you are the uh, author of the Danthropology blog, um, which can be found on the Patheos uh, site. And uh, there's a couple of stories I wanted to talk to you about. The, re- the two most recent stories as of the time that we're recording, uh, both from February the 2nd. Uh, Donald Trump vowed to destroy the separation of church and state. Um, so this is an article referring to the uh, repeal of the Johnson Act, right? That's correct. Yeah. So why don't you walk us through this a little bit? What, uh, what does the big Cheeto want to accomplish here? Well, he had mentioned this on the campaign trail as well. Um, and so what he's looking to do is by repealing the Johnson Act, he allows churches to politic from the from the pulpit. So, so, so hold on. How are they? How are they prohibited right now? So, if a, if, if I'm a church and I I can get up, I'm a pastor or a priest or whatever. I mean, they, they do it all the time, right? I mean, they stand up there and they and they they do it all the time. So, how how are they prohibited both by law? And then I really want to know, like, do you think that they're actually prohibited in practice right now? Because I think those uh, are two really different uh, considerations. They're very different. So in in by law, the Johnson Amendment, and this applies to all nonprofits, including churches, can't endorse political candidates or even in bills. So they can support the idea of a bill. So they can say, like, we support, uh, you know, open immigration, but they can't say go vote yes on, you know, five. They cannot say that they can they can make a position known. But they can't say vote for this. And then they can't stand up there and say, you should vote for Hillary Clinton or you should vote for Donald Trump. Uh, And one church even got in trouble during this election. Well, got in trouble. I'll air quotes there uh, because they told people not to vote for either. And even that's a violation. (laughs) So. So, yeah. And so, okay, you violate the Johnson Amendment. Forgive me. I called it an act earlier. Violate the Johnson Amendment. Um, And so here's how I understand it. Please correct me where I'm wrong. If I if I am a church and I violate the Johnson Amendment, nothing at all happens to me in practice. Nobody does shit. Nobody says shit. Nothing actually happens. This is a this is a lip service amendment in practice. Am I am I mistaken about that? You're not because the IRS fired the person, the one single person who was in charge of overseeing all churches in this lost, got fired. One person. There was one person. One person. They've lost their job and it's never been replaced. What do they lose it for? Trying to enforce the Johnson amendments? <laughs> I mean, like, can you imagine if that's your job yeah. and you never did any, why would you even have the job? Hey, Bill, what are you going to do? Well, they won't let me uh, do it. Huh? Huh? So you didn't, you just spent all day doing so that? So what would you say you, you do, do here? here? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. So like, you know, freedom from religion foundation sued the IRS over this, the whole you know, they're not being a person there to enforce it. And they've they've swore to play nice now and hire somebody, but that's probably all going to change now. Well, did they lose the lawsuit? They The IRS lost the lawsuit, or they, they at least settled. They said, uh, you know, no, look, we're going to put somebody in that position and we're going to start holding churches accountable. But they have not as of yet, as far as I know. And now that Trump's put a freeze on hiring all federal employees, they won't be. So what difference does it make if this gets, I mean, I, I, and I, and believe me, I think there should be the Johnson amendment, right? But I think that's only meaningful to have laws if laws are enforced, right? There's, you know, there's all the crazy, like, 
you can't fucking step on a donkey in a bathtub laws and like all those like ye oldie crazy laws that don't mean anything. And they don't mean anything because they're not enforced. Right. So a law without enforcement is just words on a piece of paper that nobody gives a shit about. Is the Johnson Amendment nothing more than words on a piece of paper we shouldn't care about? Not necessarily, because a lot of churches do still follow it because they see the benefit of it existing. And they understand that if the Johnson Amendment left and churches could could politic all they wanted, including them, that that opens the door to losing tax-exempt status. But and it only think, loses the door if, if they hire a guy to close the door. If they never hire a guy to close like the Trump door. Or someone like Trump is replaced down yeah. the line and a Democrat comes in and says, wow, well, if we're doing this and they don't they don't accept the Johnson Amendment coming back, they just say, okay, great, well, we're going to start taxing churches. And I think a lot of a lot of churches want to play by the legal rules. They, they're not trying to uh, skirt the law. And it's the ones that are that are the most dangerous. And once they have no reason at all to not do it, because I'm, I'm going to assume a lot of churches don't know that they could do it and not get in trouble. You know, your small town church somewhere that keeps out of politics because they can't might not even know that the IRS isn't going to come after them. Uh, so let's keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Uh, you know, I work for a 501C3 uh, company right now, and they send out memos every time there's a... Uh, there's an election season and they talk about, they say, look, here's the things you can do and here's what you can't do. And every year we have to take a compliance exam that tells us whether or not certain things specifically uh, that, that relate to political campaigns, whether or not we can do them. Like we can't make flyers for a political campaign. We can't have it in our, you know, in our building, we can't house it, you know, those sorts of things like political campaign. I know that there's a lot of organizations that are similar to mine that do the same thing, right? They go out of their way to say, hey, look, we really need to follow these regulations. But the moment that these get taken away, it's not just churches, it's all charities, right? It's, it would be everything. It would be any 501c3. And the thing is, is that when you're talking about all charities, it becomes scarier because when it, across the board, a non-church 501c3 is heavily regulated. If they start pushing politics, there's a team at the IRS that can take them down and revoke their nonprofit status. So they actually have to be afraid. So that's why they are so careful about it. They'll tell you, uh, you know, don't use our computer at work to even post about politics on your own personal Facebook page because they can lose their status over their equipment yeah. being used. Yeah. So there's a whole team of people and, that are watching, you know, these charity organizations and there's zero people watching the churches. Correct. And there's a fucking million goddamn churches. Well, God's watching the church. <laughs> okay, you know what, Dan? You know what, Dan? I know we had a hard time getting on, but you can go ahead and drop your mic right now. <laughs> you know, one of the things, too, though, you got to think about, too, Tom, it's really interesting. These, these other charities, they're not trying to express an ideology to people. They're just looking for money. Yeah, right. The churches are actually trying to express certain ideologies to people, and they're the ones that are that are right. less regulated. That's crazy to me. But this also follows what Sean Fairclough said years ago, where, you know, when you talk about um, daycares when they're religious, they're less regulated. Schools that are religious are less regulated. And here's another perfect example. Less regulation when it comes to churches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, churches just walk free around here. They they break the law at the, as they wish and very 
very rarely ever pay a consequence for it. All right. So how likely is this going to get repealed? How, how likely do you think? What are your, what are your thoughts? Is this going to happen? Are we going to be short one Johnson amendment in the next six months? Well, how big is my Johnson going to yeah. be? <laughs> I'm going to guess probably not. I don't think the majority uh, is, is large enough to swing it completely. Because I is, don't think there's enough. <laughs> there's enough. Is it bigger than a baby's <laughs> arm? <laughs> Johnson Amendment. You, you, we, we do know that we're now talking about swinging my Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so the majority, there's there's not enough to swing around. That's the problem. Yeah, there's not yeah, enough. The Johnson's not big enough to, to <laughs> swing hit around. all the Republicans. In, uh, <laughs> all the Republicans, they can't drink from the fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a reason it's an elephant, right? <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Well, that was terrible. Let's switch to another story from your blog. This is also from today. Uh, Reuters tells reporters to prepare for physical threats and to cover Trump as an authoritarian. I'm going to sound crazy here, but I'm thrilled, actually, with this Reuters news agency statement that came out. The reason I'm thrilled and I want to read from this um, specifically is that you know, the, the the purpose of the statement released by Reuters to its, its, its reporters is basically to say in a nutshell that you know, we're not going to get any cooperation here. Um, and if we're not going to get any cooperation here, we need to actually start doing some goddamn reporting for a change of pace. And I read that and I thought, well, good. Enough of the spoon feeding fucking bullshit where you show up and you say, tell me what to write. Give me your press release, spin it for me, and I'll just recopy it. The Reuters uh, statement here is like, hey, let's go out and do what we do. Let's be reporters. Let's dig in. Let's be investigative. Yeah, I think that's that, that's um, a big part of it. And secondly, it's finally a news organization taking an honest look at what they're dealing with because they're comparing it to the real world. So they're saying their crackdown on the press, the way they're treating the press, the way they talk about the press is the same that we see in China or Yemen and you know other places like that, that they everyone openly says, oh, these are authoritarian. And Reuters is saying, that's what we're seeing now. So buckle in and, and, and get to work. What's our strategy? What do they do differently? I think they're going to have to go to sources that aren't, uh, not Spencer, that's the other, that's the Nazi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Spicer. Spicer. It's, Spicer. It's, Spicer. It's so hard to, get, to keep these Nazis straight. <laughs> Well, one has a black eye and one does not have a black eye. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> yes. So, you know, like you said before, you used to show up at a, at a presser and they would tell you what to say. And then you would go back and write it and maybe put a little bit of spin on whatever, you know, direction your publication swings in. Or now they're going to have to get, they're going to have to, you know, get some inside sources. They're going to have to talk to people that are willing to risk their jobs to you know, kind of leak this information, we're, but we're already seeing it. And I think that that's, they're going to have a lot of a harder job than they're used to. And they're going to have to be more prepared to be told that they can't go in the white house and not be afraid to lose that sort of position uh, to, to report on what's actually happening. So I want to read from, from the uh, Reuters release, the, the release to its, its price said, quote, Give up on handouts and worry less about official access. They were never all that valuable anyway. Our coverage of Iran has been outstanding, and we have virtually no official access. What we have are sources. Get out into the country and learn more about how people live, what they think, what helps and hurts them, and how the government and its actions appear to them and not to us. And I saw that, and I, saw it, I thought, yeah, go be fucking reporters. 
Like, go be fucking reporters. Don't just stand there in the fucking aisle and be like, I don't know what to say. Just tell me what to say and I'll write it down. I wrote down what you told me. Like, I think this is actually great news. If this, if what this does is it turns uh, media into a more robust investigative arm, a journalist, a really journalistic arm, and not just a press release factory, then, you know, th- there might actually be, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, some accidental good that could come of this administration. Yeah, I, I, let's not call it accidental good. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even want to go there. I qualified it with accidental. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it does take the reporter out from behind the desk, finally. They're not going to be able to sit there and, you know, just rely on, you know, everything they're used to doing or making a phone call and just getting the answer. Because Spicer spent 10 minutes yesterday holding up pictures of tweets that Donald Trump didn't like. <laughs> so true, too. He had those tweets in his head. He's like, here's one he didn't like. This one is Exhibit A. And then he talked about how it was wrong. It was amazing. We, we are at the point where we are printing out our printing out yeah. our Twitter. Yeah. So that we can get you mad he about was it. Holding, he was holding printed out tweets with two big screens behind him. Yeah. <laughs> Did no one understand how you could put tweets up on the big screen? <laughs> Can somebody, can we get an AV guy out here? Does, oh where's Joe? Where's our AV guy? Can oh I get, God. I don't have the cord to plug in my laptop. Ah, fuck it. Just, I'll just get giant fucking novelty printouts. <laughs> Do you think that there's a, that there's a way, I know that they were talking about um, uh, ways in which that they could try to handle this White House uh, press, uh, this the press secretary by just asking the same question the previous guy asked. Do you think that that would work? Do you think that that, like, if they don't answer a question, that they just ask the same question over and over? I heard that that as like a as a way in which people were suggesting that they could sort of break this this down. Do you think that that's a valid strategy, or do you think just leave them leave them in general and don't even talk? Well, to them? I think if you're gonna be there, it's I might as well try it. See what at least drive them crazy. Yeah. <laughs> if you know, fourteen people in a row, including the guy on Skype that's now taking questions. Um, which I don't know if you saw that, but he also he actually took a, a Skype question. Did he really? I missed that. I, yeah, I, didn't I think watch it was the whole... two. I think it was two days ago. Like he literally called on like a journalist that wasn't there, and he was there via Skype, and he took a Skype question. This <laughs> is amazing. Was this he a Breitbart guy? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> this is outstanding. Uh, you know what? It, what it would mean in order for that to happen is that the journalists that are a part of the press corps um, would have to get on the same page, yeah. right? They would all have to like huddle together. And the problem is that there's an adversarial relationship yeah. from, from, from journalist to journalist, right? Everybody wants the scoop first. Everybody wants the story first. So they would, they would almost have to say like truce. Yeah. We have to fight a larger enemy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Called. And I, th- I think you can get rid of that though at, at a, at a presser like that, because I mean, you could just report on the question, the guy before you asked anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. So yeah. I think if, if they, if they can agree in there, I mean, Breitbart sitting in there isn't going to agree to this, but I'm sure CNN and MSNBC and Washington Post could all come together and say, we're going to write this stuff anyways. Let's hammer them until it counts. Yeah. Uh, and they need to because, you know, what What do we see at the first press release after his uh, after he became president and he he stood up there and called CNN fake news. And then people just continued on asking questions like that did not happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, exactly it. They just didn't even pay attention to it. And he kept on trying to ask and they said, he's like, no, I'm not going to, you're being rude. Don't, don't, don't talk. You're being rude. You're being rude. I couldn't believe it was yeah. happening. And then they just went, but they did. 
he did directly go to a Breitbart guy right afterwards. So he didn't ask that. He wasn't asking like ABC that question. He was asking somebody from Breitbart who was willing, I think, to step in and ask a question. Yeah, that's a good point. But I, I think people should, there should have been a little bit of unrest at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be back at the end of the show with Dan Errol to talk about his book, The Secular Activist. So stick around for that. So this story comes from the New York Post. Uh, priest tells anti-Trump protesters to commit suicide. Well, motherfucker, we're trying every day not to. Like every day, <laughs> all of us just trying. Um, they didn't really say to yeah, do he it. He didn't come out and say commit it's suicide. A bad, it's a bad headline. Yeah. What he did was he tweeted an image yeah. that says, show your hate for Ju- Trump. And it has somebody leaping off of a building And then it says, do it for social justice. Hashtag jump against Trump. So he didn't say it with his face. Yeah. But he implied it with both words and images and hashtags. (laughs) So, oh, no. And then he's like, I just thought it was funny. He's trying to get out of it. He's just like, "Ah, I thought it was funny. It was a funny thing. It's just a thing because he did it too when he uh, he had Hillary's face. Uh, on an image for Halloween. It, it just said it was titled Ugly Face in Italian. And Ugly Face in Italian is Brutta Fascia. <laughs> it even sounds pretty in Italian. It's like Brutta Fascia. It doesn't, it, it it doesn't would sound, sound pretty if literally anybody were saying it but you. It doesn't sound ugly at all. No. It sounds very pretty, actually. No. Ugly. She's got the ugly face. Uh, <laughs> she got the, the ugly face. She looked like a pizza pie. She's like a pizza ball, you know, with the eyes and then the, the she sloppy. She looks like the Italian sausage. <laughs> But uh, but he it's so funny because he's such a dick. He's like he put a snapshot of Hillary and then he also had Obama with the words. He's not my president. And I don't even understand this. This this do it for social justice. The Catholics I I worked with Mm -hmm. have this huge tradition of Catholic social teaching, which is all about, you know, it has all this stuff about poverty and wealth inequality and all this stuff about activism. It's it's interwoven into their their thought, which is surprising that somebody who's a Catholic would be so against social, social justice. justice. It, it It's shocking to me. I'm like, whoa, wait, what? But, you know, clearly but this there's guy's... But there's some big disparities there within is. the Catholic Church, right? There there's some is, very, but... they're very progressive Catholics and some very regressive Catholics. When I look at this guy, yeah, he, I mean, he's wearing a fucking gilded fucking neck fat robe right. or whatever that is guy, like tablecloth for his fucking jowls or whatever that is it's a jowl tucker his jowls in there but you it know, looks like a christmas tree he does skirt. he does it looks like you need to water him there. <laughs> it's like and, the uh, needles from his beard are falling it's funny that he's got jump for trump because this guy hasn't jumped in years <laughs> he could. hasn't left the earth the uh, like he barely leaves the earth one foot at a time, let alone both feet at the same time. You could jump off the fucking sausage rolls of his neck and reach terminal velocity. <laughs> that guy who jumped up from space, like jumps yeah, off him with Felix a GoPro. It's like, it's just like, <laughs> jumps right off his neck. Talks. So just, like, whoa! He looks at yeah. this guy's like, no, nah, man, that'd be crazy. <laughs> Extreme. Like, he's, like, he's like, I will jump from something so high. The curve of the earth is obvious, <laughs> but not you, but not you, not you, brah. You know, and, it's, and he's like, Hey man, it was just a joke. I don't promote suicide. I've helped a bunch of people over the years. 
and it does not promote suicide. It, promotes, it was a funny. Guy literally jumping off a building. It's an image. It. It's, no, it's an image of a guy plummeting to his death <laughs> off a building. How do you misconstrue that? That's being like it'd be like it'd be like imagine if there was a silhouette of a gun and on the other side was bits flying out. Be like, what? I, don't, I wasn't. I wasn't promoting somebody shooting somebody in the head. What? Like, are you fucking kidding me? I just me? thought it was funny when I expressly said to do a thing. It's called a kill guy yourself. Jumping off a building. Uh, he he did say he's like I just thought, I just thought it was funny and then one of his congregants is like. Yeah, man, I fucking struggled yeah. with suicidal thoughts, and I don't think that's fucking funny. <laughs> I don't think that's fucking funny at all, you funny. fucker. This guy, though, he, but he, I mean, he he wasn't expressly saying it. So. It says jump. It says jump against Trump. That is an maybe, admonition maybe to the, jump. Maybe the guy's base jumping. Okay, yeah, maybe <laughs> you can't see because of the directionality yeah. of the image, but he's really got he's a base jumping well, for fucking Trump. Backpacky thing on with Base a parachute. Jump for Trump. <laughs> Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Why don't you answer him? He's talking big like and I don't know what he's saying. He's asking you if you swear. No, but I know all the words. He's asking you if you swear to tell the truth. Truth is stranger than fiction, Judgey Wudgey. <laughs> Cecil, it has started. Um, we we are Jesus. We are getting to the point where we are almost certain. Oh, geez. To, to replace to Scalia. Mm. To replace Scalia. I know, but because it can't. It was just, just replacing Scalia. I know. And I know that. Yeah. And, I, and I do know that. But I just, I would rather die a little. Well, it, you would have, you would have, be true. you would have rather had them approve somebody that Obama put in because it was kind of his job to put somebody in. To be, to be entirely fair, Scalia had the. Poor judgment to die and leave Obama only nine months. Yeah. Nine months, almost a quarter of a presidency. Yeah. Right. And they and they cock blocked him. And Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell was like, Yeah, you know, we're just not gonna fucking do it. And then McCain had come out and said, if Hillary gets elected, we're gonna obstruct every fucking justice. We are gonna, we are not gonna for fucking four or eight years, we are not gonna let her put a justice in. And then just a fucking rumor that they might fucking not allow this go ruck guy or whatever the fuck yeah. his name is. Just even the rumor that they might obstruct. They're like, that's un-American. That's un-American. Like, when you fucking get, do it. They get to play the un-American card, though. That's their card. That's their wild card. They get to play that all the time, and they do it all they the time. They do. The Republicans, like they anything that they the do, time. it's like, you don't love America. Yeah. Where's your bald eagles? You don't yeah. have enough bald eagles. Lee Greenwood would be ashamed of you right now. Don't make Lee Greenwood sad. <laughs> this guy's name is Gorsh. Is that it? Is that the is that the same guy who worked for Hitler, Gorsh? I don't remember. <laughs> you know what scares me about this guy the most, honestly? Yeah. He's 49. Yeah, he's young. He's young. He's a young, young. dude, man. Yeah. That means that fucking my kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My kids will be dealing with this bullshit. Yeah, they're going to be... Uh, you know, when your kids are older, they'll be like, oh, is he going to finally die? Like people are saying about RB, you know, RBG. RBG. Yeah, right. So I feel like, you know, this guy has sort of talked about um, the birth control. And I think he he was uh, involved in the Hobby Lobby, like the lower level of the Hobby ro Lobby yep. birth control stuff. And um, so he's, you know, he's clearly in line with with what Scalia was. Um, and it's funny, you know, we get we get comments from a lot of different people 
And a lot of people will ask us, they'll be like, where were you talking about Obama's policies? Where the hell were you when Obama did this? Where were you? They'll, they'll mention, you know, like, what, what have you been talking about for the past eight years? You know, Obama's been ruining the country, et cetera. I've been talking about shit like this for the last eight years. Yeah, right. I've been talking about encroachment of church and state. But the thing is, is before the buffoon in chief wasn't in charge of that. The buffoon in chief was leaving it alone. Now, this guy is involved in it. So I'm attacking Trump, right? Because he's involved. He's directly involved in this shit. You know, before Obama wasn't encroaching in this stuff. He wasn't encroaching in social issues. He wasn't, he was, he was opening up. He was expanding it, you know? And now we're getting this pushback. You're wondering where I was. Well, I was fighting against assholes like this for the last eight years. Exactly. You know, if you that's were wondering where, where we were, yeah. then you weren't fucking listening to the last 341 episodes. Yeah. This is what we've been talking about. This fucking guy. You this know, is, this, this is, guy in particular. Right. This Hobby Lobby case. We talked that about stuff. that quite yeah, a bit. All that stuff. Yeah. We talked about that because it, because it's a, it's a it's a it's a horrible path to walk down to start legislating birth control through your health insurance to start legislating those things. You know, we shouldn't have these discussions as a court to decide whether or not a woman should be able to get fucking birth control the day after pill, those sorts of things. You know, I know that everybody wants to fight about abortion, but it's not even about abortion. No, birth control has nothing to do with abortion. Although, when arguing the Hobby Lobby case, they inaccurately tied birth control to abortion in order to make it more of a hot-button issue and push people uh, who were more to the right or more to the center further to the right, the people that would react yeah. to that yeah. issue, right? So they they definitely did that. You know, it's, it's real fucking easy for somebody who's never going to get pregnant like me, yeah. Yeah. right? to have a fucking opinion about whether somebody should get fucking birth control. I can fuck as much as I want. Yeah. I just, I could just, I could be fucking constantly and I'm never going to get pregnant. It just cannot happen. Right. So it's a real fucking easy issue for me because there's no fucking consequences to my body, yeah. my autonomy, sure. my agency, all of those things. I could fuck, con I could just be constant. I could be a fucking sprinkler system of fucking cum. No problem. I'm never getting pregnant. I don't, I don't even feel like I have a convert. I don't have one to add to that conversation, but we have these decisions that are made by a bunch of shitty fucking, you know, frankly, like privileged fucking white dudes who are like, well, I don't think a woman should have birth control. I don't want to get into the debate about the climate change, but I will just simply point out that I think in academia, we all agree that the, the, the temperature on Mars is exactly as it is here. Uh, nobody will dispute that yet. There are no coal mines on Mars. There's no factories on Mars that, that, that I'm aware of. This is great. This is from Right Wing Watch. Um, WorldNet Daily editor Joseph Farah uh, declared that human activity can cause climate change, but not how you might think, Cecil. No. no. Not how you might think. Uh, I want to read directly because I think I, I think uh, any summarizing would be would, would do this wrong. Uh, he says uh, this is this is from WorldNet Daily. While Al Gore and the carbon phobes have no evidence to support their dire predictions of imminent doom other than computer modeling. <laughs> so you don't even need you don't even need computer modeling anymore. No. You don't need computer modeling anymore. Just look at just look at like the last 17 years. 20 years. Yeah, the hottest 17 just years look on at record. Them. You don't need yeah. any computer modeling. Just look in the past now. Yeah, right. Uh, those who take my position actually have more than 6,000 years of biblical and historical patterns along with the inerrant word of God, unlike those stupid computers. 
I got a real old book and a, and a made up timeline. And what do you have? Computers. What have those ever done? Flew an airplane. <laughs> Landed a man on the moon, put a rover. Oh, wait, those are all things that yeah. we've used yeah. computers really successfully for. Yeah, it'd be awesome if you're like on fucking like the, <laughs> the book of curiosity, the rover. <laughs> that would be a great book if it were in the Bible. I have yeah. an old book that tells yeah. you what kind of plants you can plant. And now turneth to the book of Voyager, and we shall talk about the record. Thou shalt go inside, shall be gold, shall be narrated by Carl Sagan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's, maybe it's it says, time. but it says, it says, so maybe it's time for the new bumper sticker. Sin, not carbon causes climate change. Do you know how much adultery you have to commit just to push the earth up one degree? <laughs> That's a lot of That's adultery. A lot of That's adultery. a lot of adultery. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to heat up my whole apartment though. <laughs> I'll just tell you, I don't need to raise the whole. Yeah, I no, no. But I feel like I got a thousand yeah. square feet to warm up. In fact, you could put the turkey thermometer in me somewhere. <laughs> That's kind of my kink. That's Sin my kink. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder I'm so hot all the time. I walk around <laughs> constantly sweating. I'm like my own climate change. <laughs> I want to read here. He says, it says, apparently it never rained on earth before this time. So it was a true test of Noah's faith that the whole world would be consumed in a massive global flood. But it was that wasn't the only cause of the flood. Not only were the windows of heaven open for 40 days, but so were the fountains of the great deep. Is you sound like <laughs> such a fool. That's like, you know what? We got to sacrifice a baby so that fire rock comes back in the sky tomorrow. <laughs> Go get yourself a baby and we'll sacrifice it. Like, I mean, seriously, the windows of heaven and the fountains of the deep, deep. fall back to Helm's Deep. <laughs> the fuck, man? We're going to have the ends fighting. It's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. And my favorite, it never rained before. I know. And how then would everybody think alive? Why would there be plants? <laughs> Why would it never rained before? 6,000 years. It's just like, oh, it's a bad drought, guys. It's literally never rained. We yeah, should all be dead. I don't just, know how we're they're just eat, they're, they're They're like silicon people. They're just eating sand because nothing can grow. It's never it rained. Just, it's just like, like they're just pouring. How's the sand, motherfucker? Anyway, it's never rained the first time. And then God, hold on a second. God makes it rain. He makes it make real big. He's like, well, I'm gonna make that happen from time to time now. I kind of like it. Looks pretty. There was a rainbow afterwards. You know, once in a while, why don't we just, why don't we just put that on the calendar as a thing that happened? You know, maybe I could make like a weather system around the planet where once in a while the windows of heaven will just open up. Maybe we can open up those little fountains in the great deep, too. It, so it never rained. Who thinks that's true? What the fuck is wrong with you? My favorite part. My favorite part is here. It says when the waters receded, there was likely some profound climate changes. People don't live as long. 
as the generations before Noah, perhaps the uh, oxygen uh, content of the atmosphere was reduced. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happens when you're going to die. They put you in the hospital and they give you oxygen, not so you can breathe better, but so you live longer. <laughs> maybe maybe shit should oxidize more. That'll help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if it fucking rained once in a while. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. It just <laughs> And could you imagine I bought all these rain and, barrels and, and, and just hoping my <laughs> Okay, so all those assholes are just staring at Noah like, what the fuck are you doing again? <laughs> Like it, like no, it's gonna like like there's gonna be water. Like what are you Where talking would it come about? From? I don't even know what you're talking. Water? What is that? All we have is sand. <laughs> We're surrounded by sand. It's just, well, what's the weather gonna be like? Oh, we're not gonna have any again. <laughs> Another perfectly cloudless day here in yeah, Scorchville. <laughs> <laughs> All the, all the animals are just like walking around like, brah, I really wish there was like just like one little water dish, like one dish. Can you just like fill that up? I just want like there's like a bunch of gazelles that are like, man, I would even get eaten by a tiger right now if I could get to a watering hole. I don't even care. My body's 80 percent water. I don't know where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> We're like squeezing babies oh, like fucking orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> In the name of Jesus, we speak that. All right, Cecil, so speaking of rain. Speaking of rain. Speaking of rain. Yeah. Make it rain, motherfucker. <laughs> it's from Right Wing Watch. Matt Staver. Rain during the inauguration was God cleansing away the chaos and harm and blood sowed by Obama. 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 Thanks, Obama. All right. So we're going to play this clip. This is uh, from Right Wing Watch. This is Matt Staver. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Matt Barber, the founder of barbwire.com, and Holly Mead, the director of communications for Liberty Council. Matt, you were there uh, when that historic moment occurred when President Donald Trump put his hand on the two Bibles. If you double up the Bibles, it makes it more holy. It actually makes his hand look bigger. That's why he did it. So. <laughs> you would think it would make it look smaller. <laughs> I can't hold them. I can't palm these big books. That's one of the best No, jokes. what he's saying is like, no, it's a, sing it's a single book. It wasn't two books. It was one book. That's how big my hand is. It's which enormous compared to this one book. <laughs> he looks down. He's like, which one of these is the Old Testament? Which one of these is the New Testament? <laughs> You got any signed by Jesus? Samantha B had a great, great, great joke. She said he put placed his hand on on two Bibles to be sworn in, which is two times the number of books he's ever read in his life. <laughs> and then also just before him, <laughs> Vice President uh, Mike Pence put his hand on two Bibles as well, and he had his open to Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen. Actually, he has to like in order to um, the way that the way the vice presidency works. Trump puts his hand on the Bible and then 
Pence puts his hand right up Trump's ass <laughs> and then uses him like a puppet. puppet. That's that's how it works. I like that he's going to specifically uh, mention he has the Bible open. And he's like, he had, a, he had it open to this particular passage. No, that's not how opening books work. You have it open to the page. Yeah, right. Yeah. All the shit on that page is on that page. Yeah, so, uh, yeah exactly. Right. right? Like whatever's on that page. But he's going to read. He's going to read now what yeah. that passage is. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. That is the verse. And it goes on beyond that. Yeah. And it says, but, it, but it's for white people, though. <laughs> I mean, like, let's be honest. <laughs> Which is funny because black people can humble the fuck out of themselves. (laughs) That doesn't do any fucking good at all, right? That was opened and he had his hand on that Bible verse. Oh my God. Well, there we are. He had his hand on a fucking old book. Yeah. So he's certainly qualified to run the free world now. I'm so much more confident that he'll make all the right economic decisions before because he fucking places his hand on a book that was written before economies were invented. What what is amazing to me is how much they're going to talk about in this clip how important that religious component is to both of them, right? That's what this whole clip is about. I believe it for Pence. And... For both of them, though, they're going to talk. These this this guy is going to talk about this. This um this staver is going to be talking about it with his guests about how important this is, and how great this is, and how you know this person is just. This person is holy. They're talking about Trump, and they're talking about Pence. They're both holy. They're both you know they both had a lot of prayer, etc. And this is the guy that these people are happy is in office. So again, if you're a non-religious Trump supporter. I don't know how I, you must have some serious cognitive dissonance going on right now because you made sure that the policies of the far religious right are being actualized in the real world. Right, because otherwise, why would they be so fucking thrilled? Yeah. Right. This is a an amazing shift in the future of America. And you were right there in the midst of it. I was and my wife and I were in the crowd and just so moved to tears, really, to hear They have said that there was a record setting for inaugurations uh, and prayers. Christ's name was glorified over and over again. Rain is God's blessing, and it started to sprinkle when President Trump... Listen, let me tell you you about that. It was awesome. It it was uncanny. We were standing there, and and the moment that Donald Trump walked up to the platform, it started to sprinkle very lightly. It was so awesome. (laughs) And then the moment he stepped away from the platform, it stopped sprinkling. It was was really wild. And then for Franklin to tie that together, it was just like, wow, you just get chills talking about it. It didn't even happen. That's not even true. And who cares? But but I know, but but I, I I did read an article, and I then I watched the video. That's just not the case. It was raining a little before it rained in the middle. It rained a little after it. We didn't there. Even if it, even if it was, it would mean nothing. Right. Because if it had been a beautiful, bright, sunny day, they'd have been like, look at the great day, yeah, the glorious like, day yeah. that God has given us. And then there was two doves. I saw them. two doves. They flew <laughs> out. There was a couple of them. A fucking butterfly landed on the tip of his cock. Like everybody would be so happy. Fucking little birds and shit fucking did his hair before he came out. <laughs> like fucking some kind of horrified Cinderella. <laughs> he, he's just, he's dancing around and all these little fucking chipmunks and shit are tying his tie. <laughs> his fucking... But they all gotta, they all gotta be like malformed in some right. way, right? Like they're, they're like, all like evil ones. He like loses a yeah. few in his neck jowls. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like the land of misfit toys is tying him up. 
Yeah. It's like a reverse Cinderella. It's like a crow. Like it's like ah, ah. instead of tweeting beautifully, it's like ka-ka, ka-ka. it's like right next. And every time it goes like that, his hair kind of does one of those off to the side. He sprays himself with a skunk for cologne. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, adamandeve.com. We are pretty excited here at Cognitive Dissonance uh, to be working with adamandeve.com, mainly because we feel like we have a pretty sex-positive show. And we want to make sure our listeners have a good time, enjoy themselves. And if they want to be adventurous, they want to, they want to enjoy sex, adamandeve.com has a ton of stuff for you to do just that. And I think another great thing about using a website for sex toys and DVDs and things that pertain to sex is that it's discreet, right? There's sometimes people don't want to walk in and ask for the dildo with the 20 D cell batteries. They would like to maybe order that online. This will give you an opportunity to do something like that. You can go to adamandeve.com, pick something out and it's discreet. It's delivered to you. And you don't have to worry about talking to somebody who really has no business knowing what it is you do in private. Uh, the best part is we're going to save you a little money. If you go there right now, go to adamandeve.com, you'll get 50% off just about any item. When you select one item at 50%, you'll also receive three adult DVDs plus a free mystery gift. And to top it all off, they're going to throw in free shipping for the entire order. All you have to do is go to adamandeve.com, use the code word glory at checkout. That's G-L-O-R-Y. And you'll save a bunch of money, get free shipping and get some free stuff. Dear Jesus. All right, so this story is from Right Wing Watch. So there was recently an attack, um, a terrible attack at a, at a mosque in Canada. I think six people were killed in that attack. Uh, and, you know, one of the first things that I saw was like, how long is it going to take for the fucking nut jobs to call this a false flag? It you took, don't have to wait long. You don't have, you to, don't wait have to wait at long at all. Yeah. yeah, not at all. So yeah. I mean, Alex it's like, Jones, they're like fucking dominoes. They'll deliver in 30 minutes or less now. <laughs> it's a pizza gate. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to open a pizza place called Pizza Gate Pizza. Oh, man, I fucking have the spirit cooking pie. <laughs> I would just have all the delivery people dressed like young children <laughs> and then jizz on the pizza. <laughs> so Alex Jones is uh, he's already out. He's calling the Quebec attack a false flag. So. This is Alex Jones from his shitty, shitty show, InfoWars. So oh, no, got they've a... got list of over 20 million people. Soros has a database of 20 million through MoveOn, and they hit the button now. And what I've noticed at all these demonstrations is they're led by Muslims. Muslims are leading in this country an insurrection. It's incredible. Wait, what? There's an insurrection. First of all, did you know there was an insurrection in this country? I wasn't even aware. I, first, I don't even want to get to who's leading it. I didn't even know we were having one. I, this is the quietest insurrection I've never heard about. It's, Nobody even called me. I feel left out. This is, I got fucking FOMO on this insurrection. It's sort, of, super it's, bad. it's sort of like it's sort of like an insurrection from the south. It's like real lazy, like <laughs> we get around to it after we had sweet tea. We're on insurrection time. Yeah. Like we didn't make it. seriously. Like I uh, when he when he's talking about this. He's making it sound like any of the marches. I think he's saying like any of those marches that were happening are an insurrection. Well, I had heard that all of those were George Soros funded. And I'm like, 
Funded by what's funded and like, like people well, showed the thing up. Is, like I feel fucking profoundly ripped off because my wife went to one of those and How I much didn't was get any check? money. Did you get a big check? I didn't get any money from that. Yeah, where, where was your <clears throat> twenty Soros? million dollars? Jesus, George Soros is so rich. He give me money. Give me money, George Soros. Why? I I don't know what you fund. You know what would have to be funded. Say, they say that they buy like. I mean, the permits, is, well, permits and then a bunch of signs like so they'll they'll make signs and things and give them out. How much could the signs cost? That's the thing is like, it's not it's that much fucking money. Poster board. Yeah, it's a oh, the evil billionaire is going to spend his money on fucking poster board and crayons. That's his big plan. I'll buy all the poster board at Walmart. And give somebody some Crayolas. Well, they, they, the ones that are, they, I think the ones that they point to are the ones on the sticks that are already like sort of professionally made, like the professionally made signs. Like, how did they make a professional sign already? Kinko's, FedEx like, fucking store easy. or whatever. Like, it's super easy. But all these people are all conspiracy theorists. So they all think that George Soros bought the signs for everybody. And you're just like, but, well, even if he did, that doesn't convince them to do it. Just because you have a sign doesn't mean, be like, oh, man, I totally didn't. I wasn't even interested in this protest until I had the sign. I know, and now like, I'm like really into it now because like I got a cool sign. <laughs> man like is that it's such a crazy thing is, to think. like you're just walking down the street somebody hands you a sign like fuck now i gotta go protest something you know it's like you just, you're not even you're paying you're attention you're right to work right it's like oh fuck, fuck. Just, you're like shops by the side like, okay i'll go protest i know i was gonna take my kid yeah. to school but I'm, no, fuck you work? jimmy you're on yeah, your own yeah no no yeah hi boss that can fire me no i got a george soros sign it says no it's, it's a joint oh no it's like made at kinko's like, it's really nice and it's got a stick and everything. <laughs> it's official. What was I going to do? It's from the Soros you can't Corp. Refuse that thing. <laughs> Just sounds, it's like stuck to my hand. Like, I can't get it off. Like, how long? You got to march for three hours with it before Jesus. it comes off. It's like a three hour hand I have glue. a report due in two hours. <laughs> He buys the signs. Is that really what people think? Yeah, he buys yeah. the signs. That's what I, I mean. I, if anybody has any other crazy Soros uh, uh, nutter conspiracy stuff, send it to him because that's all that I've found. It's the stupidest fucking thing I've yeah, ever isn't heard. That dumb? Like that's, that's and my, our yeah. job is to listen to stupid shit. And that is, some, we just heard a story where people yeah. thought it didn't rain for thousands of years, and this is even stupider than that. <laughs> Right, and I've, I saw in, uh, I forget if it was in, it might have been in Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth, but. <laughs> that guy's most <laughs> He's got, so I don't want to talk too much about it, but he's got a really, really, really long distance between the, his teeth and his nose, and it's covered but fur. It's just like, it's a walrus mustache. Like, this guy is cuckoo kachoo. <laughs> he looks great. <laughs> They were doing the uh, call to prayer, you know, the... Um See, Soros bankrolling effort to stop Trump's temporary refugee hater. And so, again, they think that he gives money to things to try to stir up problems. That's they. George Soros is their boogeyman. They're just afraid, like... Like it's the same thing. Like the 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 Koch brothers or Koch brothers or whatever the fucking it's they're Koch. Like, they're, they're, they love Koch. They're a couple of billionaires yeah. that are interested in the world, and their their views directly contradict my own. But they use their money to further an agenda. That's that's what people with money do. I use my money to further sure. an agenda. You use we use our show money to further an agenda. Am I evil? Yeah. Or am I just? Isn't I mean like, it's so funny how hypocritical it is, right? Because it's like we have Citizens United, right, which says that companies are people. And they can spend money and they can spend political money. They get, I mean, they're, they, yeah. And yet people aren't people when they spend their money on political causes. 
I don't understand. Yes. I don't understand this. Like we want, we want Walmart or whatever to be able yeah. to spend on the one an hand, infinite amount yeah. of money and, and exercise Absolutely. rights as if they're yeah. people. And yet when people spend their money to engage the political system or to bankroll causes they care about, what if I give fucking money to save the whales? Am I fucking evil? Cause I'm, well, I'm and, advancing a cause. You know, they, they, they talk about Soros and other people on this, on this side bankrolling protests. That's the main thing that they talk about. Well, I think that there's other stuff that they give money to. I just don't know what it is. I don't know what they, what they say they fund. And I've seen too, that they said like that they put Craigslist ads out to get protesters to go out and they get paid to be protesters. And I'm just like, I've never heard of such a thing. I'm like, okay, but like everybody, everybody I know that went to go march in Chicago marched because they wanted to, not because they fucking filled out a Craigslist ad. Are they paying for the pussy hats? Is that it? Like, yeah. it's just like a free pussy hat and a sign with yeah. every protester <laughs> lined up like magnetic filings, you know, towards their uh, their cult object over there in Mecca, you know, with the butts in the air right in American airports. So, <laughs> oh, my God, you yeah, they, are super racist. They can do that in an airport because they're fucking, you know, because fucking that's OK, because we respect all religions, dude. At any point, they could shut airports down. I mean, and so if there's something bigger. And, and which is where I'd like to I'd like to kind of talk about Quebec. Quebec. I'd like to also pronounce it wrong while I'm at it. <laughs> Quebec. Quebec. It's Quebec. Because <laughs> I think people are are not seeing. Oh, you mean really the attack on the Quebec. on the Muslims? They've spun this that this is a terror attack on Muslims. Some outlets are even saying because of Trump. No, it's jihadis killing other Muslims. Break it down. It's right. clearly not. No, I mean it's, it's very clearly obviously not. not. It's yeah. clearly not. And I. I I, I'm going to give uh, Alex Jones a little bit of benefit of the doubt to say I don't know if at this point when this is being said that there is actually they came out with the with the thing that with the, the guy identity was, with the identity of the guy. But as but if they hadn't, then he's making yeah. an assumption. Then he's based making an on assumption. No well, he's right, making no an assumption evidence. based on Fox News, which came out. Yeah, maybe that's that. what he yeah. was using. Yeah, but there's another layer to this. Now, the the Daily Beast, you can see what the frequency they're on is. You know, they're totally on receive mode. The Daily Beast actually ran a fake news story showing, you know, two white guys like at a rifle range, with their names as the shooters. They had to take it down after a couple of hours. So some fake news site puts up, you know, two French white guy, French Canadian white guys with guns. Daily Beast has got it running immediately. Soros have could have activated, had a, a millions of people on the street. The, the, the burn down of the cities begins. Wait, what, what is that? What? Wait, Soros what? could have activated the millions of people on the street. The burn down of the cities begins. I think I got everything word for word. What the fuck does that mean? It means that Soros hits a, an activate button. And turns and into Voltron. Millions Please of people. say George Soros turns into Voltron. Then there's a, a monstrous sword. Oh, thank goodness. And I've been looking I don't for that know sword. why they don't use the I sword right his, away. I hope his hands are lions. <laughs> hand I, hope his hands, lions. I hope his hands are lion mouths and they bite. <laughs> Bitey hands. Bitey, I, want, I got the bitey lion I hands. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> He's got bitey biscuits too, because his feet are lions. He does have so bitey, he's got biscuits. bitey biscuits and bitey hands. <laughs> he's basically. Yeah, could you imagine? He's a lion it's like, puppet. Like while he's swinging the sword, like one of the hands, like come on, man, my mom's tired. I gotta hold this sword. They sneeze and it goes flying. It's really difficult to do. This is a terribly ineffective way to build Next a robot. Next time I'm 
the head. <laughs> why are we just always this robot? Like, why do we, we know we're going to start out. We know we finish every we know, fight as we this robot. We're going to get our asses kicked to the lions. Can't we just start as the robot? <laughs> In fact, why don't we just build yeah. a new robot and we're never yeah. the lions? Is there any way we can make five robots this size <laughs> and then become a bigger robot? And then, guys, hear me out. We always have the sword. We just... We don't have to call it down from space. We just we won't give it back yeah, to space. We just always keep the sword. We're just yeah. We're if George fine. Soros were running it, that's how we do it. I think. I think that what happened in Quebec was Test. an abortive, false in a, in Quebec City was an a, was a foobar, false flag operation. Typically, suicide jihadists don't do these kind of things like a commando. Um, Omar Mateen didn't wear a black mask and have a getaway plan. Uh, the San Bernardino killers didn't wear black masks and have a getaway plan. No, I get it. Uh, if you're going to run a false flag against Muslims, you obviously have Muslims do it, but then they get caught. We want to kill Muslims. Nobody knows sure, why. Of course we do. And we want to use Muslims to kill the Muslims mm -hmm. because reasons. Sure. So how do you, <laughs> how do you convince the Muslim to murder the other Muslims. George like, what you... Soros. <sighs> See, if I you, can't. If you offer to build someone a Voltron suit, they'll do virtually anything Okay, you, you got me. No, no, yeah. you fucking got me. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Oh, I love this. This has nothing to do with anything except for just how wonderfully delightful it is. This is from Elite Daily. Trump thinks Frederick Douglass is still alive. <laughs> And Twitter won't let him live it down. Hey, this is just, I don't, we just let him, so, just let him speak. Well, so can we just, sure. Let's play it. This is, this is him speaking. This was him at, um, now he's giving this. This was at the start of Black History Month. He's actually surrounded by black people talking about Black History Month. And this is the this is what the the piece of the audio that we have. This is again oh God, from I, Elite Daily. It's even on. more cringy now that you know. I you know what? Now that I you're right because now that I know, I have that feeling of like watching like Meet the Fockers. Yeah, that's what every time he speaks, and I get I'm just the Meet like, the Fockers oh, moment. Jesus, I want to like hide my head under the yeah. blanket. He and goes off script it. here, and it's so cringy. So God. here we go. This is this is <laughs> Donald Trump. Proud now that we have a museum in the National Mall where people can learn about Reverend King. So many other things. Frederick Doug Douglass is an example of somebody who's done an amazing job and is being recognized more and more, I notice. <laughs> He's been dead a hundred years. He's getting recognized more and more, Tom. He's doing an amazing new, job being new, a slave. He's doing an amazing job with that <laughs> abolitionist moment and that's going he's on. He's doing a great job uh, being a freed slave turned writer and died. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> He's doing an amazing job. <laughs> You're a fucking buffoon. <laughs> He's getting recognized more and more. It's nice to see that he's finally getting his due. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Frederick. Can we can we get Frederick up here? Can we get Frederick? Frederick, are you, are you in the room somewhere? Are one of you blackies, Frederick? You're the same. I can't tell. Just give an award to one of them. They'll sell it anyway. Actually, just throw it amongst them. See who grabs it. Uh, Here's a snap card. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? 
<laughs> you know the best part about that? The best part is he's like, he he has no idea who Frederick Douglass is. Like, he has no idea. He has no idea. Somebody wrote down three Somebody wrote down the names, and he has no idea who he is. And so what he's doing is he's just, he's ad-libbing. But he doesn't know what he's talking about. So it's like it's like when somebody it's like when, when you're talk given, about sports. When you're given an oral report in class and they're like, oh, so uh so we'd like you to talk about uh you know the economic system of China. You know the economic system of China, it's it's doing really well. It's actually getting a lot better. It's going it's going really well for them. You know what I mean? Like he's just it's what I talk about. Sports. Yeah, exactly. It's just, he's just it's making up thing, as he's going right? along. Yeah. He's <laughs> I, I want to hear it one can more we, time. I want to hear it one more time. <laughs> now that we have a museum in the National Mall where people can learn about Reverend King, so many other things. So many Frederick Doug Douglass is an example <laughs> of somebody who's done an amazing job and is being recognized more and more. I noticed he's being recognized more and more. I noticed. I noticed. I noticed. He you came know, to my attention. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was in. And Bannon was like, hey, you hear this Frederick Douglass guy? He's moving up in the world. Did anybody notice Frederick Douglass? Yeah. No, man. <laughs> Nobody noticed him. <laughs> Just being recognized, though, Tom. More and more. He's done an amazing job. Uh, oh, what's his job? Yeah. What's his job? What? <laughs> What did he do? You know, what did he do? He, he didn't get to pick the first job. He... <laughs> no, he did get to pick during it's his gotten... first job. So we're back with Dan Errol to talk about his book, The Secular Activist, a how-to manual for protecting the wall between church and state. Dan, uh, tell us a little bit about your book. Sure. So the book is, it's a two-part. So the story itself follows my kind of journey with Ken Ham, the uh, CEO of the Creation Museum and Ark Encounter, and my battle with trying to stop him from using taxpayer money to build the Ark. But uh, instead of making the book just about me, uh, which is just fascinating enough, but uh, I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> fill enough pages, is I have stories in there as well from other um, activists. So people going into um, city council meetings and and demanding that secular invocations or no invocations be given, uh, you know, battles with uh, Ten Commandments and. Uh, even you know American atheist battle with uh, the 9/11 museum putting up the the cross, and I tell these different stories, and some are winners and some are losers, and you know I kind of go through each each case and you know how they were won or why they were lost and what we can what we can do to be better activists, and even going through the whole uh, at first winning against Ken Ham and then losing against Ken Ham. And then I wrote it right up to the, the last day of actually going to Kentucky and protesting. And so the last chapter actually includes being at that protest and what we did there. And really, it's, it's just meant to be a how-to for someone that wants to get involved but doesn't know how. I go through different steps of you know, how you can be an activist just by sitting on Facebook or you can be an activist by getting out in the streets or getting on the phone and, and calling Congress. How much should we care about the little issues? 
you know, the invocation, the uh, the nativity scene, the you know, the 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 little pieces. How much should we care about those? A lot. Uh, and and the reasoning is, if we give up on those, if we give the Christian right an inch, they're going to try to take a mile. <laughs> So they're going to take each step. So they say, oh, well, we don't care about, you know, in God we trust on money. We don't care about uh, this one nativity scene, except the next year that one nativity scene is two. And then the town over says, oh, we're going to do that too. And they do it. And that's what we see with, you know, in God we trust being put on the back of police cars. You know, a small town in Texas goes and puts a sticker on the back of their car and American atheist sues them. And everyone says, oh, what a petty lawsuit. And then the the city or the, the county in this in this instance or the small town lost forty thousand dollars in that lawsuit. That's a lot of money for a, a small little a little town. And that sent a message sure. to the ones next to it that you're not doing this either. And that's a blow to the Christian right who think that they can just tossing God we trust on something and it's fine. So does this do these kind of lawsuits do they prevent the kind of creep? of of uh, religiosity and, and a specific religious worldview into the into the public sphere? Is that the concern? Like, you got to stem every tide or, or plug every hole in the dam? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's that kind of nails it because, you know, like I said, if, if you if you stop on that and you say, you know what, we're, who cares? It's just one small town and they just have God we trust on their car. And then the next small town next door and then next door and then, and then Dallas does it and then Houston does it. And then the next town over says, well, we're going to one-up that. We're going to put giant crosses, and we're going to ask people when we pull them over if they're Christians or not. And then we say, well, that's just a little stupid thing in a small town. So if you you just let these things go and they grow. And so they they have to be stopped because you have to set that precedent that no one else can do this. I'm curious how your uh, your, uh, battle with Ken Ham went. Uh, We went down to the Ark Park. Tom and I visited the Ark. We actually went inside and looked at their dinosaurs in cages. And, uh, <laughs> Very believable. Was, I almost converted favorite, on the my spot. My favorite part, my absolute favorite part is the turtle with no shell. <laughs> it was so amazing. It is amazing. The short neck giraffe was his second favorite, but the, the turtle with no shell was, I, I sat there for 10 minutes trying to figure out what the fuck it was. I was like, what on earth could this possibly be? Is it like a mutated slug? What am I looking at? There were so many wondrous animals. Yeah. I especially like the row after row of bird cages that were closed, but they just had speakers of tweeting and, and, <laughs> my, and like my bird favorite sounds animal, behind it. My favorite animal was the native Kentuckian. Oh, that was my favorite. That's animal the biggest. Animal. Yeah, that's the one I'll that needs what. the rascal scooters to go up and <laughs> they, down those That's why ramps. it's all ramps. It's all ramps. They put inside. one stair in there and there'd be a fucking a train wreck I don't of know corpses. If you saw the inside of that, Dan, but that's all ramps inside. So we went to that. We went to the Ark Park. Um, tell us a little bit about sort of what went on there, like because clearly you you fought against um, uh, Ken Ham about this. What what exactly what ha- what happened? Well, so originally what happened was Ken applied for uh, a a tourism tax benefit. So uh, the the racetrack that's in Kentucky is a great example. So NASCAR wanted a racetrack in Kentucky. So they thought, well, what happens if you build a racetrack? People come to watch races. Uh, Hicks pull out in, in, you know, hundreds of thousands to watch cars drive in circles for four hours. And 
now we're going to get email from people. Oh, I'm going to get email. They don't know how to use email. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I wouldn't they would worry just, about it. Everything would just crash. And they'd, <laughs> they'd watch their server crash for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, you know, they, they built the park and they, the racetrack said, we'll give you, and I, I don't know how much the racetrack got, but let's say they said, well, you know, $50 million in tax rebates because you're going to bring in tourism. And so by doing so, they can expand, they can keep the, the park going. It's beneficial to them. And so, cause you know, when you go watch a race, you come in from out of town, you get a hotel, you eat dinner out, you're spending tons of money in the economy. So it's beneficial to sure. the uh, city and the state to say, wow, let's, let's, let's give you an incentive to build it here rather than somewhere else. Well, Ken wanted that same incentive. So he started threatening to move the park to Ohio or other, uh, even I think Louisiana was on the list. And so he said, but you know, Kentucky will build it here if we can take advantage of this. So he applied and they said, yeah, we'll give you $18 million. Once he got that, he said, great. Well, to work here, you have to be a young earth creationist. What? You have to, okay, this is the, this is my favorite one. This one didn't come out till a bit later down the road when someone finally got a hold of the full thing. To work for the Ark Encounter, if you're not married, you have to sign a vow of celibacy. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I but here here's why that okay. Can that you sounds can, now, but can you sign it in your own semen? <laughs> <laughs> See, so that sounds bad. That does, admittedly. But I think that if you are an unmarried Kentuckian working at the That's Ark Encounter. You're probably not having sex anyways. <laughs> that that yeah. fucking document's a formality. You're getting paid right? teeth. Right? It'd be like if I was like, I'll sign something that says I don't fly. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. yeah. well, okay. I would have just told them to be like, hey, why don't you take your, you know, you, you're threatening to take your Ark down to Louisiana. Why don't you take it down there and see if it floats? <laughs> <laughs> Next Katrina, no problem. Just yeah. pile on the Ark. Yeah. Just enjoy, you know, $18 million is a lot of money for Kentucky. That's like, that's like their whole GDP plus. Yeah. This is good. And the idea that it's going to drive tourism to Williamstown, Kentucky. We were there. There's nothing in Williamstown. In Williamstown, right. So that's a population of what, 3,000? Oh, fucking 3,000 on a good day with fucking the fucking race in town, like you're right. mentioning. There's <laughs> so nothing there. It's Williams nothing there. The moonshine's allowed to vote. <laughs> <laughs> Williamstown themselves gave the park a $74 million land grant. Oh, for fuck's sake. All of Kentucky isn't worth $74 million. <laughs> you could put all of the real estate of Kentucky up for sale right now. $74 million. I mean, three times the winning bid. No shit. $74 million for fucking land in Kentucky. You could probably buy all of Louisiana. be like the Louisiana Purchase Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can still pay for land in Kentucky with beads and furs. State Grizzly is, bear pelts. That state is fucking garbage. That state is worse than garbage. Oh. Garbage is offended by Kentucky. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? People from Tennessee make fun of Kentucky. Oh man! So did you travel there? I did. I went to uh, I went to the protests. Um, so me, along with Americans United, sent a letter to uh, the the governor Steve uh, Brashear, or, or the governor at the time, and we pointed out that you know the hiring practices uh, were illegal because the Ark Encounter was an LLC. They weren't a nonprofit, so they weren't a uh, you know a religious organization that had the right to only hire 
Christians or young earth creationists or um, teenage celibates. But, uh, <laughs> and so they lost, they lost 18 million. Wow. And that was the big, that was the big victory at first. And of course, Ken Ham sued and cried religious persecution yeah. and that everyone hates Christians and um, which is true, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they won the court case basically. Now, how did they uh, win? It seemed I don't understand. I don't. And granted, I'm biased as fuck, right? But I don't understand how they won. Help me understand that. The Supreme Court in Kentucky is incredibly right wing. I mean, that's awfully fucking right wing, though. Very like, far I, mean, right. I don't even like yeah, the facts they, on the ground seem awfully when transparent. They say, when they say all rise, they play dueling banjos. Okay, you got me. So, all right, yeah. yeah. Well, when you know, during the hearing itself you could tell they were going to win just by the line of questioning the um, judge was was going down. He was sort of already sort of leaning in that Hobby Lobby businesses can have religious beliefs uh, idea. And so he was kind of, his whole line of questioning was based around, well, if this is what the people that own this park believe, you know, you can't have an atheist working there. It wouldn't work. And he sort of bought into that it needs to be uh, in this sense. And they even brought up like Disney. You know, if you go to work at Disneyland or Disney World at Epcot, inside Epcot, they have it broken up into different nations. And they can discriminate hiring people. So they, if you want to work in Japan, in Epcot, and you show up and you're a super white albino from Kentucky, they can say, we can't hire you. You don't fit the job description. Now they can't say you cannot work anywhere in this building, but for that one particular role, they can do that. So Ken Ham has the right to say, look, you have to be a young earth creationist to give tours here, but to serve hot dogs or to take tickets, your religious beliefs have zero weight on your ability to do your job. Yeah, sure. So are the, is the janitorial staff have to be young earth creationists? Every single person that works yeah, there. Yeah, that makes sense, though. They have to clean up the, the fake animal shit. Yeah, I mean. So that's tough. Like, they got to sweep up. And you can only do that if you believe it's there. <laughs> and you have to have <laughs> all your fucking imaginary friends in the ark or whatever. All right. So your book, The Secular Activist, A How-To Manual for Protecting the Wall Between Church and State, it came out October the 1st of 2016. Um, where should we look to buy the book? Everywhere books are sold. Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, there are a bunch of Barnes and Noble around the country that have it in stock if you don't want to buy it online. Uh, but it's also available in tons and tons of mom and pop shops. Um, so, and it's available to them too. So if you have a, a favorite bookstore, head in there, ask them, they can order it and they can have it in a couple of days. And otherwise you can get it on Kindle, uh, audiobook. So Dan, if people were going to find your blog, where would they look? Uh, danthropology.com. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Uh, keep up the good fight. You're, you're putting out some really great stuff, some really great articles. We've been checking it out a lot. So thank you so much for your work. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. So we want to thank our newest patrons. Of course, we want to thank all our patrons who are amazing people who uh, fund this studio and, uh, and pay our employees. So we want to thank you very much. We want to thank our newest patrons, Gunner, Nick, Amy, Lisa, John, Brian, Brad, Sky, Tom Top, Cecil Bottom. No, th nobody can be the bottom for Tom. He tears everything. <laughs> he tears it all. He tears it all up. I have a gentle touch. Brian, Jonathan, Ass Dozer. See, now they could be the bottom for there Tom. There you go. 
Jamie Robert Madrazin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm sorry. Opening arguments. Charlie, greetings from Costa Rica. Douglas, Jody, Judy, and Marty. Thank you all so very much for your generous donations. Speaking of opening arguments, we were on the Opening Arguments podcast very recently. We did a, a lot of awful movies with them, which is available to their patrons. Uh, and we had a great time doing it. That was a lot of fun. So we did uh, fun. Runaway Jury. So much fun. Don't They're, watch it, but listen to their show. Yeah, really yeah. good But you got to be a patron to do I it. I think you got to be a patron. You so. do. Good stuff. We got three PayPal donations. Uh, we got donations from uh, Eric. We got a donation from Hans. And we got a donation from Joe. You can go to dissonancepod.com. Click on donate. It's another way to support our show. Thank you so much for your generous donations. So uh, we are going to have another book that we're going to read. So we're going to actually do a fight we are. We're going to fight some books, but Tom has already picked his. So yes. Tom picked Dianetics. So Dianetics is going to fight against another book. I'm going to read the other book, and then Tom and I are going to going to quiz each other based on this. We're not going to read the other book. So Tom no, and I are no. just going to have to, we're going to have to we're quiz gonna, each other yep, based on yep. that. So, uh, so Tom is going to read Dianetics. I am going to read one of four books. You can go to patreon.com. Actually, if you go to this episode Episode 342 at dissonancepod.com. Click on it. You can be taken directly to the patron post where we're going to be polling everybody. And you don't have to be a patron to participate. Um, you can just show up and vote there. So, But hey, while you're there. Hey. <laughs> um, but uh, but you can. Th these are the books. So it's Quantum Healing by Deepak Chopra. The revised and updated edition. Natural Cures quotes they, unquote, don't want you to know about by Kevin Trudeau, the uh, known felon Kevin Trudeau. Urine Therapy, Nature's Elixir for Good Health by Floral Penschnock. I don't even know. Who cares? It's urine therapy. And then finally, Ray Comfort's Scientific Facts in the Bible, 100 Reasons to Believe the Bible is Supernatural in Origin. So if you're interested in me reading one of those books, let, let us know. Go ahead and vote for one of those books. And then I will pick the one that gets the most votes. So whatever one gets the most votes, I will read on the show and we will fight it to see who's is crazier, Dianetics or one of these books. Uh, I wanted to mention too, Christina sent in a message and this is important. I had said that uh, Richard Spencer was punched during the Women's March. Um, he was actually punched on Inauguration Day. I want to do make sure that uh that 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 gets mentioned i i i uh might have misquoted eli when i said that eli had said that it was overshadowing i think the women's march so i wanted to mention the women's march and he also got a lot of his information from a recent yik yak that's true so i should never trust eli for anything. um it's a mistake of mine so uh, he made but, one mistake i'll never let him live it down <laughs> but uh but thanks christina for sending that thank in. you we got a, a bunch of people sending this this site. Uh, it's called TrumpDonald.org. You can go to our website, uh, DissonancePod.com. Click on 342, episode 342, and uh, and you can go to this website. We'll have a link to it. It's actually very, very funny. So um, we'll let you figure out exactly how it works. So we got a bunch of messages about Nazi punching. People wanted to send us images of cartoons, which we, Tom and I are both on the side that cartoons, it's fine. If it's, if it, if it's in a comic book, it's cool, right? Yeah, somebody tweeted yeah. us like a picture of like some superhero. And I'm like, yeah, I, I will admit that superheroes get a pass. Yeah, superheroes totally get a pass. Like if you if it's have, in a comic book, that's fine. You have, but I just admit like in real life, if you have superpowers, I'm not, I like fucking, then go Fucking punch Nazis. It's yeah. fine. Like if you shoot fucking lasers out of your yeah. eyes, I don't even care what the superpower is. Yeah. If you have supernatural abilities, 
I'm fine with you punching a Nazi. You just live outside the scope of human morality. <laughs> fine. You get to do whatever you want. Right. We got a, a bunch of messages though about this and a lot of people didn't, didn't agree with us. Some people did. Um, but in this particular one time you wanted to talk about it. It's someone who has a uh, sort of ties to Nazi Germany. He said, uh, I appreciate the efforts of denouncing violence that you, Thomas and Noah have put forward in your respective shows. It's still hard for me to see it your way. My grandma who I recently lost survived the blitz and I was raised on the stories of the horrors she faced during the war. The time the church windows were blown out by concussive waves during choir practice. The dud filled with sawdust that fell behind her house while she was sleeping. The torpedo that nearly hit her boat as she crossed the Atlantic and on and on. It's very difficult for me to see a Nazi getting punched as a bad thing. I don't want to promote violence. I just have a hard time seeing it exactly from your perspective. I guess appropriately enough, I'm experiencing some cognitive dissonance. You know, and I, I, I want to give some, uh, I want to talk a little bit about this because Cecil and I did talk ahead of time uh, quite a bit about the Nazi punting thing. And Cecil, one of the things you said is that you recognize the place of privilege we come to when we have a dispassionate view of punching a Nazi. And, you know, because I've never been the subject, nobody in my sure, family has ever been the yeah, subject yeah of Nazi-related violence, right? Yeah. So I think that that matters. That matters in our ability to be dispassionate. Sure, absolutely. Um, and I want to recognize that. And you brought that to my attention. Yeah. I, think, I think that's a great point. It is. You know, and we're talking about, you know, whether or not certain people were pushed around or whatever. And, you know, it, it could be that, you know, some people have a much more, a, a much different view of this than I do. That being said, I don't live my life based on a case-by-case -case basis, Right. We don't live our our collective lives based on that. We don't live our our lawful lives based on that either, right? Or our moral lives based on yeah. that. Yeah, and that's, that's you know the, what I mean. Like, like we've got yeah. to, we've got to think about it this way: we make rules based on law, and we make rules based on morality. And you know, we make these these rules, so to speak, so that we can all act within them, and we can all try to be moral. And I don't feel like there's ever really a moral stance to be like, yeah, I, I, sh I should be able to punch somebody. in. now you may have a different experience in the world that might change it. Like I and, you know, I cut this from last week, but I was saying, look, if I had somebody, you know, that was hurt by a Nazi, like let's say somebody like a Nazi killed my kid or something. I don't have a kid and I don't, you know, I'm not a target of Nazis, but let's just say <laughs> right, sure, it's a far that, that happened. Yeah, I would want I would want, and I said this last time, I would want a butcher knife, a half an hour, and I would break that guy down like a pork. Yep. I would be like, you know what? We're going to, we're just going to, we're going to put you, you're, you're, we're going to put a thing that's like fucking chuck roast a dollar 25 when I'm done with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I recognize yeah. the, uh, the want to hurt someone who's hurt you. I recognize that. I, 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 you I, experience I and I can appreciate <clears throat> yeah, it in some right. way. Right. But I know that that's not a good way to act. I recognize the father who's lost a kid to some serial killer wants that guy dead. I recognize that. And I, I sympathize with that father. But I don't think that that person should die by the state's hands or in any, you know, I don't, right. I don't, I don't support the death penalty. I talked a little about, about terrorism last week. You know, ask yourself this, if you're against torture, would you be okay if they, instead of doing like waterboarding or some, something else, if they just punched the guy, would you be okay with that as far as torture goes in like Guantanamo Bay? Would you be okay if they just walked in and started punching the terrorist? Would you be cool with that or a potential terrorist, right? Um, would that be something that you'd be okay with? Because if you're okay with hitting a Nazi, then why wouldn't you be okay with hitting, you know, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed in the face? Sure, right. And the thing is, is like, I'm against 
I'm against torture. And I do think punching is a form of torture, right? That's a, you're, you're inflicting serious bodily injury on someone. That's the definition of torture. So I don't want to push back on that. I don't want to, I don't want to fight against that. I'm like, I, I am 100% against hurting another human being unless it's in some way protecting you, right? Like when we talk about in this particular story, you know, if somebody's, if somebody's in the blitz and they're fighting against Nazis, man, punch away, all bets are off. And I'm not right. saying like, oh, well, you know, he came into my house and he had a gun and I'm not going to punch. No, you, you, if you're in danger, yeah, you should punch. But Richard Spencer is standing on the sidelines. Yammering. Just talking. Yeah. If they'd have ignored him, nobody would have ever heard his message. If they would have just walked on by, how many people would have heard his message? Sure. Yeah. You you strengthened his message by giving him a sock. How many people Googled Richard Spencer after this happened? Yeah. A fucking lot. A lot of them. Uh, I could, you know what? I did. Yeah. Never heard of him before. Never heard of him before. I right? never heard of him yep. before. But then this fucking blew up and I'm like, oh, I wonder who he is. Yeah. And now I'm not swayed, but other people Googled him that were. Yep. Yep. So I feel like... <clears throat> And I also just disagree with, you know, like how we measure Nazis. Like, I just don't understand how that happens. Like, how deep of a Nazi do you, how big of a Nazi do you have to be? Seven Nazi units. And that's the thing. We, we, there's no way to, there's no way to measure that shit. You're just like, well, you know, Richard Spencer is a perfect guy because he's an asshole. It's actually measured in duties. Yeah. That's how you measure. (laughs) See how much they have. (laughs) But, you know, Richard Spencer is a, is the kind of guy that is easy to punch. He's easy to look at and say, yeah, that guy makes the list. Well, who doesn't make the list or right. who kind of makes the list? Who almost makes the list? Right. We're, it's, it's really shaky ground. Let's just not start punching people. We got an image. This is from Aaron and Aaron sent this in. We're going to put an image. This is uh, Trump as Colonel Clink. And I really like it. It's really so, good. It's, so it's really going to go on this week's show notes. We got a bunch of people sending us messages that said, hey, thanks for mentioning the pink house in Mississippi. It's the last place that has abortion. It's the last abortion clinic in Mississippi, the pink house. So fucking. So do a Google if you're going to be giving money away to uh, to Planned Parenthood or to abortion services. Pink house might be somebody who you want to donate to. We got a great message from <laughs> Jess and I and Justin in this long message. She was very happy that she went out and uh, and protested. A bunch of people did this. They went out all over the country and protested. But I want to read this great. Uh, she sent an image. Uh, I'm not going to post the image, but she did send an image with a great uh, a great sign with a little girl holding it that says when Voldemort is president, we need a nation of Hermione's. That's terrific. And I think it's so cool. It's such a cool uh, a cool way to get a kid involved too. I think, yeah, you know, it's so, right. it's just such, it's such a brilliant sign. And she sent out a bunch of pictures. Thanks for sending your pictures. Um, you know, we're so happy that you were able to go out there and, and, and sort of use your voice. That's awesome. Tom, we got a message uh, from Marie and uh, she said um, that she was, uh, she's on, she was on Obamacare and Obamacare kept her alive. Yeah, you know, it's funny because we we met Marie at the picnic, the the picnic that we did a few years back. Yeah. Several years back. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so this is somebody that, you know, has a genuine, like has a personal connection with us and with the show. And she requires uh, diabetes medication in order to be alive. Yeah. Right? And she tells a story, and I don't want to get too detailed. She tells a story about how much her life would cost without this medication. And basically whatever happens here in the next however many months with Obamacare and whatever gets put in place of Obamacare, 
could mean life or death for Absolutely. somebody yeah. that we know. Yeah. Like somebody who, has, hey, who came out yeah. to support you and I in yeah. our efforts, in our little creative effort. Yeah. And it is an atrocity to me that somebody would look in their refrigerator someday and count the little vials of life-saving medication they have and wonder how much longer they get to live because some shithead politician decided to pull the rug out from under them to save a few bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, uh, we got a message from Luke and Luke said, it's kind of, Luke, I'm going to summarize his message. He's basically saying it's it's kind of hilarious that Trump is uh, is is not releasing his tax returns, but didn't he go after Obama for not releasing his birth certificate? Right. And yeah, there should be somebody who does the exact same thing to Trump that, that Trump did to Obama, just follows him around, and just run him constantly the talks about it. Go on all the different news channels and talk about how he won't release it. So we want to thank Dan Errol for joining us. Uh, be sure to check out uh, his blog, Danthropology, and uh, check out his book, Secular Activism. It's available uh, online. You can also check out this week's show notes, and you can buy a copy uh, through the links there. Uh, Dan was nice enough to come and join us. We had recorded with Dan in the past, and uh, the file got messed up. So we want to thank Dan for coming on uh, and being patient with us. Thank you so much. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Um, we're going to leave you like we always do though, with the skeptics creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead, pan, sales pitch, late night info, docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you. This is turning out to be a good conversation. Dan is an amazing conversationalist so far. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> Hello from the other side. <laughs> uh, every one of her songs is the same song. Every song is a every sad song. song. Is, it's, every song is the same song. Just like, hey, you're gone. And 
you know, I'm real sad. And I'm going to see if you want to. No, you're good. Okay. All right. I'm good too. I mean, but I was not. I mean, you want it? No, no. Okay, forget it. So sad, but my voice sounds lovely while I'm so <laughs> sad. Like, oh, man. I'll just carry his did, side did of the you, conversation. Dan. I have a blog called Danthropology. <laughs> Ask me some questions. Okay, so how long <laughs> have you been involved with the Danthropology blog, Tom? I have been involved with the Danthropology blog since 9.58 p.m. this <laughs> evening. <laughs> <laughs> when I took over administrative rights. <laughs> oh. um, I'm killing it, though. Hello? Did he hang up on us? Dan? Dan, we love you. <laughs> the best part is, look, I, I don't know if he could hear us. Like, I, I don't, know, I don't know. Maybe he can. This is the most technical. Like, I know. This, We've this, had this the show most is, problems with Dan. It's amazing. Dan has been. Dan's like a gremlin. Like, <laughs> Such as technology you, and just if you put water on him, you get more dance. <laughs> Maybe we fed uh, him after midnight. That could be that could be Dan. Hello, Dan. We heard a click. Dan, are you speaking exclusively in clicks? Click twice Dan, if you're Dan, in danger. Dan, are you speaking Bushman? The Kung Kalahari. Dan, you're so close. I saw a click. I saw it move. You're right there, man. You, you twiddled my 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 button there. Put for the a thing in the other thing. Yeah. Plug the stuff into the twos it or whatever you got to do. The worst part is he probably. I'm sure he can't hear us. I, well, I hope he can't. Hear us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, he can hear us. Damn it! Oh, God damn it! Now be nice to Dan. Okay, so Dan Why? is a great guy who has a anthropology blog. We should cancel this interview. <laughs> this is not my forte. <laughs> oh, Dan. All right. He's trying to figure it out. It's cool. No pressure, Dan. No big yeah. deal. No, I've literally all night. Yeah, we're just, just chilling. Is it you, Adele? I love you. Come back to me. Where's Dan? He's out punching a Nazi. <laughs> can't, can't come What's to the that? phone right now. <laughs> oh, I heard a click. I heard a series of clicks and beeps. Well, not really beeps, but clicks at least. There's clicks. I see them. Something's going on. You've nearly found the clitoris, Dan. <laughs> it's it's higher than you think it is. Just <laughs> <You> need to, <laughs> if you whistle while you work. <laughs> just just start making letters <laughs> and find what she likes. Stop it! Uppercase T. It's always a good one. No, I've had good success with a G, but you get tired. G? Like it's just a G uh, is uppercase or lowercase. My goodness! You know what you got to do is old timey A. <laughs> I do a cursive Z. <laughs> There's all these curly cues and oh, shit. Man, you got to do like three of them. It's Z Z Z. Either she's asleep or she pops one or the other. Or she has a long beard. Yeah. <laughs> we call that the Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> It never lasts that long. Can, I'm going to be out of jokes by the time I know what. <laughs> it's a little hard to play off of clicks and buzzes. It's fine. I'm, oh. used, I'm used to people being silent on that. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> Tell me you love it. Tell me you love it. Just don't roll your eyes. Who's your favorite new kid? <laughs> If you're going to roll your eyes, please close them first uh, so I don't have to see it. Jesus. This is, 
<laughs> this is awesome though. This is, this is, this this is, is exact. This is payback. This is exactly because we had that interview. We thought mm-hmm. it went great. And now this is the payback. Yeah. Dan just like, yeah, I'll be on your show. You fuckers again. The second time. Oh, I'm sorry. He's Dan. like, you can't delete can you, my audio. You, if I don't give you any audio, can you still hear us. <laughs> I see you're typing. Yeah. You can still hear us. Okay. All right. So All right, we'll start the interview. <laughs> We'll okay. just read your response. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios. <laughs> Introducing a series of clicks and beeps. It's Dan. It's all good, man. It's just the robot from Short Circuit. However long it takes, no worries. So, this is the most fucking ill fated interview we have ever done. It was going to be a good interview, too. I mean, I it like was we really We were going to do a good. great job. Maybe the best interview. This could have been the best. Tremendous. So good. You would, wouldn't believe how good it, it is. Was All gonna, the best people. It was going to get so good. He Dan was going to be sick of how good it was going to get. <laughs> He's getting lots of attention <laughs> that he deserves. <laughs> Dan is the new Frederick Douglass. <laughs> oh, how's that abolitionist movement going? <laughs> Oh man, Jesus Christ! What a national disaster that guy is. He's huh? a fucking tit of a Good man. Lord, I mean, just when he's like, he's getting so much attention <laughs> lately. <laughs> Frederick Douglass getting lots of extra attention. What? A lot of attention. Oh, we're hearing something. We're a getting clicking. some some kind of sounds, you know, like lots of clicking. Whatever you're playing yeah. by the other thing, try. Wiggling it's sounding like by the other stuff. It's sounding like when they leave the baby monitors on That's in those what it scary like. movies and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Uh, well, uh, I hear something. Dan. Dan, I hear something. Kind of. Dan. I think I hear like your chair fucking something. I'm hearing a click. It sounds like the fucking Blair Witch Project. Like somebody's like slapping at the tent. 